Oh, hi there, loyal listener. Tom Whitcomb here, host of Show Some Respect. Tom Whitcomb is talking. Very quick one before we get into the episode. My show at this year's Melbourne International Comedy Festival is entering its last week from Monday the 17th to Saturday the 22nd of April. I will be doing six more shows. We've had two sellouts. No, it's not true. We've had a sellout. Damn it. It's two would be better. I'm hoping to have two by the end of it. We've had a sellout show already. Uh, if you want to come, make sure you come through. Uh, love to see podcast listeners there. Also, if you know anyone in Melbourne who you think might enjoy it, tell them to come along as well. I'm also going to be doing the Sydney Comedy Festival on May 17th, 19th, and 20th. All the links you'll find in the show notes to buy tickets. Would love to see you there. Uh, also, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, whatever you're using to listen to this. But otherwise, enjoy the episode. <laughs> Oh, hello there, and welcome to yet another episode of Show Some Respect. Tom Whitcomb is talking. It is a pleasure to be with you yet again, coming at you live from Melbourne, the city of comedic audiences who take themselves too seriously. I'm making it sound like it's going bad. It's not. It's going great. It's going fine. It's going just fine. I'm, I'm sitting here in my apartment, which I would say has strong she-took-the-kids energy. The entire Airbnb has four plates, which is just, you know, because to me it's like if you're, even if you're living here alone, I, I'd at least like one plate for every day of the week. Coming to terms with the fact that you only have enough plates that by Friday you're just going to have to eat Hungry Jacks straight out of the bag, which I have. This whole festival run, by the way, brought to you by Hungry Jacks. What a phenomenal establishment that is. Although last night i got to say I am, I am very keen on fast food snack options. Every, every place has it. KFC has the Go Bucket. That's my favorite, personally. The uh, handful of popcorn, chicken, and chips in a little bucket. Um, I remember I used to do some market research in my, in my old job for Domino's, and people talked about how KFC were the best because you could put that in your, in your cup holder in your car and you could eat popcorn chicken while driving, which was simultaneously very depressing to hear but also incredibly relatable because I had 100% do that. I, I do that consistently. It is frustrating trying to work out how to do how, – how to eat whilst doing something else when the answer is really you shouldn't be. The amount I've been listening to this podcast recently called The Imperfect. You might have heard of it. It's having a bit of a, a moment at the moment. It's all about po- uh, positive psychology and mental health, and you are enough, and you don't need to achieve, and all that horse shit. You know, all that modern twenty twenty one. Why, why do I, man? I'm just I'm stumbling on my on my thoughts today. It's a modern. I was trying to say twenty first century, and then I'd already said twenty, and I said twenty twenty one, which is two years ago, and I don't know what I was getting at by saying that. What I'm trying to say is this modern thinking of uh, self acceptance and um, and 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 not feeling the need to be too harsh on yourself, which I uh, I choose not to understand. Because if I'm not harsh on myself, how am I going to achieve things? And if I can't achieve things, how will I know that I'm a good person and not just think it? That's a pretty. That's a pretty good argument for perfectionism, and and uh, I mean, it's a good argument in that it makes some sense, but it's a bad argument in that it probably guarantees a certain level of misery. I'm, um, I am 
eight days, eight days, seven days, seven days into my time at Melbourne Comedy Festival. I got here last Sunday. It's now Sunday the 16th of April. It is, I mean, just going out every single night is exhausting. Like, I'm, I think I'm going to go out tonight because it's a friend's birthday and I'll go and see a show. But I'm also like, can I just curl up in the corner and and just forget that the world exists for a little bit? I've been too readily reminded of the fact that there is a, a world out here out here that, that, that is more than what's happening on Netflix right now. Um, but it is. it has been good. It has been an exciting festival. I've had such a good time. The Melbourne Comedy Festival, is a, it's a great place to be. It's exciting to be so deeply indebted. In, 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 indebted? What are these words, Tom? Do you think maybe part of the precursor or part of the, the prerequisite of having a podcast is being able to get at least close to the right word on the first attempt? You'd think so, wouldn't you? I mean, you guys might be listening to this podcast for the first time. For all I know, I've got some some new audience members coming in from the back of seeing me at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. They've enjoyed me so much. They're like, we need to hear this guy. We've already heard him talk for 50 minutes with something he's worked on tirelessly for a year, most nights of the week. Now what we need to hear is 40 minutes of him openly rambling about everything and also nothing. And if that's what you were thinking, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Some people really seem to like it. I'm not entirely sure why. I'm not one to look a gift horse in the mouth. Uh, But it's been good. The Melbourne Comedy Festival has been a good time. Uh, the only downside is uh, seeing other comedians achieve success. That's a little bit disappointing. It has been it has been a bit disheartening seeing uh, comedians who aren't me have a good time. But other than that, I've had a great time. I've done six shows so far. Oh, I, I didn't even finish my, my my rant about KFC Go Buckets. Only to say I'm always looking for the best. What's what's the kind of... When you really don't need to eat anything, what does a fast food establishment have to offer you? When there is... When you're not even... When you're entering a, a fast food establishment at a time that doesn't even suggest a meal. When, when it's like 2 p.m. or 5.30, where it's like... You, and, and I'm one of these like five meals a day guys. I'm, I'm breakfast, morning tea, lunchtime, afternoon tea, dinner. And still between those five... I'm finding a moment to sneak into a KFC and just pour anything deep fried down my throat. Um, so what I'm always interested to see, what, what can an establishment offer me in those cases? And as someone who's been in that situation no shortage of number of times, uh, let me let you know. Uh, you've, got the, you've got the McDonald's loose change menu, which is increasingly hard to spot, and I don't even know what's on it anymore. Back in the day, the McDonald's loose change menu may be... Maybe the, the pioneer of this whole space. They had that the $1 cheeseburger, the $2 double cheeseburger. What, what a time to be alive that was. But that, you can't get that anymore. Uh, I, I mean, 50 cent, 50 cent cone, always a good shout. Dollar soft serve, also good. But sometimes that's not really what you're looking for. Sometimes you, you want something um, to have died for you to eat um, and not just uh, been in a lot of pain for a long time as with the dairy industry. Don't you think I've got? To, I'm writing a joke about this at the moment. Don't you think uh, vegetarians are cowards compared to vegans? Because I surely I think you'd be better off. There needs to be a word for someone who is vegan but eats meat. Because I think that is a more moral solution than being a vegetarian, isn't it? Because I mean, a bolt in the back of a cow's head—they're not even going to notice. 
but they being chained down and permanently milked for their entire life. I think I think they're across that. I think they're aware and they'd rather you didn't do that. I think there are cows out there who would like to go five minutes not being pregnant. Um, but uh, but I, but I digress. To put, and just to be very clear, in case you're thinking I'm I'm judgmental, um, I'm neither of those things. I eat meal, I eat meat and drink milk. Um, I, I'll, I'll I'll buy a sack of pre-shredded cheese and pour it down the drain, uh, just to assert uh, humanity's dominance. But <laughs> this is a weird episode, isn't it? Isn't this an odd one? He's, he was talking about he was talking about cheap options at McDonald's, and then uh, he he was he was being deliberately cruel to the dairy industry for some reason. And then he went back to the the, the snack menus at junk food establishments again. Uh, then you've got... So the KFC Go Bucket is S-tier, top of the top, the best it gets. Uh, loose change menu has really gone down down the drain over time. The Guzman Gomez $3 taco is, I mean, up there for quality, but I think in terms of quantity... Uh, could stand to be more substantial, but it's it's still a good option. Hungry Jacks, as far as I can tell, the only thing they seem to have is a three dollar fifty uh, nuggets and chips, little pot, of, little little thing of chips and some nuggets on top, and that's what I went with last night. And um, I was sitting on the couch at one thirty in the morning, my fiance asleep in the next room, watching BoJack Horseman. I couldn't find the shirt I was sleeping in, so I was just in boxes. Uh, leant against the couch with a quite a large belly, just shoving Hungry Jack's chips down my mouth, uh, knowing that I also had a the Hungry Jack's version of, of an Oreo McFlurry sitting in my freezer. And I thought, this is this the life that I'm seeking to lead? Is this is this the future I envision for myself if I become a f- professional comedian? Just drinking beers, working one hour a day, and then going home and having the, a, a, an assembly of snacks from Australia's second favorite QSR burger-based restaurant. Um, it certainly seems things are heading that way. The Melbourne Comedy Festival has been excellent. I went and saw a show today. Actually, I went and saw Daniel Kitson, who is uh, supposedly... I say supposedly as if I don't believe it. I mean, he is... Uh, people talk about him as being one of the greatest... Comedians, especially in the festival circuit, made a real name for himself in Edinburgh, did phenomenal shows. I wonder if he's won... I wonder how many Best Show uh, awards Kitson's won because he is meant to be the guy. Like, I've heard great things. I mean, this thing was... It was kind of a work in progress, so there wasn't... um, It wasn't really like a... uh, It wasn't really a complete show just yet. Uh, Oh... Uh, there you go. Best show in 2006. What else? What else? What else? This is going to be too hard to find. Uh, you won the Barry in 2007. Best solo show in 2006. Uh, look, he's just won. He's just won, won a lot of awards. You just have to take my word for word for it. All right, he's meant to be very good, and it was. It was. It was excellent. Uh, I had a very good time on the way there. I was slightly behind time, so I was. Uh, you know when Google Maps tells you it's going to take you 30 minutes to get somewhere? And, I mean, whether you're on ca- in car or on foot, I'm like, we'll fucking see about that, Google. I know you are uh, intelligent, uh, knowledge-based AI. However, I have uh, undeserved self-confidence. And um, so I, I, was trying to beat, I was trying to beat the clock, and I went to run across a street uh, in Melbourne, just near the National Gallery of Victoria, uh, and was sprinting across... 
uh, tripped over a curb that Melbourne has in the middle of their roads because of the tram system and uh, just stacked it so hard, scraped up my hands, scraped up my knees. There was a guy at the other end, he went, he, he kind of, he had, I, I'd fallen over and I was like, you know when you're about, something terrible is about to happen and there's that like time slows down thing, which I've never really understood. But what it, I think what that just means is you're amazed how much presence of mind you have in those split moments just before disaster. Because I was stumbling and about to, absolutely deck myself and um i just remember thinking in my head like ah fuck this is not gonna be good and i was kind of i kind of i tripped and then i stumbled and i was stumbling i was falling forward and i'm like am i gonna i actually had the moment of thinking, am i gonna recover here i think i might no no i'm not recovering okay here we go here it comes here it comes Can, wait there's a bit of grass can i get to the no i'm not gonna get to the grass here okay. and ow that's what happened. Scraped up my hands. I was kind of bleeding up. There was a guy at the other end. And he, I had headphones on. My headphones flew off. And he went, you're right, Matt? I was like, oh, yeah. Just that kind of like, what do you say? He's like, oh, I'm fine. My, my knees are a bit sore. and My hands are a bit sore. But everything's fine. I'm just an idiot, you know. I couldn't. I'm a 30-year-old man who can't be trusted with his own limbs. And um, and then <laughs> someone must like exactly where I fell had thrown away a half full can of coconut water, and he handed it to me, and I was like, and I just I didn't even hit my head or anything, but I had a, a moment of like, was I drinking coconut water? I've never done that before, and then I had the moment. Did I smack my head? No, no, nah, I'm just anyway. So I kind of had to walk away with a half a can of coconut water that I don't remember. Well, I don't know that I don't know that I'd never had anything inter- any interaction with beforehand, but all of a sudden it was my responsibility, I guess. Um, maybe he was like, "You've made a dick of yourself. You might as well do something good. Go throw this out. Earn, earn some earn some morale back. Why don't you?" Uh, I didn't. I, I just left it on the floor when he was out of uh, out of eyesight, and um, and then I was sitting in Daniel Kitson, and uh, my hand was just kind of scraped up, and I went over. To, I, I washed all the blood off in the sink at, at the at the theater. And then I went. And I got a band aid from the people behind the desk, and uh, I was sitting. I was sitting in the theater, and my hand—it was just like stinging. My hand was really stinging. I couldn't stop thinking about like how um, the just the, the 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 stinging sensation on the scrape. And that's when I realized. You ever realized to yourself that you are just not built to cape? Not cape. Not. I was again. I need to pick a word. Capable cope. What is it? I was not built to cope in any world except this one because I scraped my hand a little bit and I was like, this is the worst thing that I could imagine ever happened to anyone, I think. I, have a, I, have a, I had a little sore palm and I could barely focus on anything else. Sometimes I think about if the apocalypse came and how useless I would be and not from a, a space of I don't necessarily have skills or physical attributes to of use but I, w- I would just be like, this is shit. Why are we even bothering? What, what, this, guys, there's no electricity. We, can't, we couldn't turn on TV if we tried. Let's just all collectively end it, shall we, please? Uh, <laughs> I've often thought, I, I don't know if this is a joke or just a statement, about how uh, I, I would love to own a gun. Uh, so if one day we live through the apocalypse, I won't have to live through it for long. 
Because I have no interest in any world but this one. The minute society collapses around me, I'm like, well, this isn't the world that I signed up for and it's not the world that I'm capable to, to, to exist in. And you like to think that you'd be like one of those characters in movies who, who finds um, that just the inherent instinctual need to live overcomes those moments of, of, of fright. Of fright? Fright? Scare? What words are you... Stop calling out the words, Tom. Stop calling out you can't do it. They know. They know you can't do it. You like to think you could overcome those... Uh, fear. Fear's the word. I can get there with a moment's notice. You'd like to think you'd overcome the fear, but I just... I, I don't think so. I think that's about it. Um, I've been... Uh, you guys might have noticed I've been using my phone a lot more. I've, well, no, you would notice that. I've been using social media a lot um, throughout the festival. It reminds me I need to do that thing. I, I have to... Uh, I, I've been writing reviews of all of the audiences that come through um, into my show through the F Melbourne Festival, which has been great, actually. I've got a lot of people who seem to be enjoying it. A lot of comedians, I think, are finding it very cathartic. Having been on the so other side of reviews, finally we get to have one back. Um, unfortunately, the last few shows have gone really well, and it's only really funny if I'm rinsing the audience for being shit. And um, while they're being good, it's a little bit... Um, awkward uh, and it's hard to I kind of have to hang shit on them and then they might be reading at home being like what do we do is he is this the same Saturday crowd he's talking about this doesn't sound like anything we none of these people were here um, uh, and I need to write Saturdays it's Sunday I need to write Saturdays one later this afternoon mm. uh I've had good crowds so far. I've got to say, this, I've been telling this story. You might have seen it in the audience review. Follow me on social media. But um, the the best crowd, oh, I know the the best story about a crowd that I have is on Monday. Uh, I ended up selling like so. There's, I've got a forty seat capacity. I sold like twenty seven tickets on a Monday, an Easter Monday, and I was like, I knew I was crazy popular, but I didn't know it was this much. I, I thought, wow, is it too late to upgrade rooms? Is it too late to to go and and, uh, and 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 get the town hall for an encore show because it's gonna people are gonna be disappointed otherwise. There's no way we're gonna get everyone through. Um, Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday rapidly uh, rapidly disproved that hypothesis. But um, Monday was great, and then I'm standing at the door and you in my venue. There's no green room or anything, so you kind of watch people as they walk in. And down the stairs walks one yamaka. Two yarmulkes, three yarmulkes, four, five yarmulkes, five yarmulkes and their partners, five, a family of 10. I've been saying Orthodox Jews, but I don't know if that's true. Is Orthodox Jews like curls and all? Is Orthodox Jews, you know, like, uh, <laughs> like an anti-Semitic cartoon basis? What are they? I'm Googling Orthodox Jews now. What does this look like? Um, yeah, they didn't have like the, the big... Uh, Bond villain hat. Who was that guy? Remember the guy, uh, the Bond villain who threw threw his hat. Was it cue ball, eight ball? Um, I'm trying to Google things at the same time. Hat throw, Bond hat throw. Uh, odd job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It's it's not it's not that you know the guy uh, now. Hopefully now I can actually say what I was trying to say. Well, now that I'm done googling. Remember the guy in James Bond who had that hat that he threw at people and it, like uh, it killed them for some reason or something. Um, that seems to be the same hat that the Jewish community wear. I don't know if it was a it was a nod to that in some way. So no, I think I've been using the term Jew- Orthodox Jews incorrectly. I just meant like Jewish, and you can tell. Uh, and the first 10 minutes of my show does talk about Hitler quite a lot. And as I was watching just one after another after another Jewish gentleman descend the staircase into my room, I was like, fuck, Tom, do you have any other material? Is there anything else you can draw from here? There's got to be something. And the answer is no. I have no plan B, no backups. Now, as it turned out, oh, by the way, of those 10, one of them was the daughter of a Holocaust survivor. So there's that. Um, strange only one. I thought they were a f- one family. Maybe they were just mates. But I don't know. For some reason, the local synagogue decided that my show was the, uh, the, the monthly event for the month of April. And they had a great time. They really, really liked it. Five stars of David, that group. The big thank you to Zane Kenny, if he happens to be listening, a Sydney comic who, who said that. Um, he, he, he sent me a comment about five stars of David. And I've been using it every night. And it's been crushing. It's been good fun. Um, I had... I had a, a less fun. I had less fun uh, on another night. No, that's not true. I had a very, very good night on Friday. Sellout crowd, forty seats, all sold out. But a big, uh, a contingent of that was my partner, um, my fiance, who brought uh, her father, and her father brought a couple of friends, and then she has an office in Melbourne through her company, and they brought a whole bunch of people. And it's funny because when you try to sell tickets in comedy. What you want to do, ideally, is you want people to come to see you personally. You want them to come um, because they've seen you do material and they've seen your jokes and they like the style of your art and they buy tickets to it. But often what happens is, especially if, if, um, you, are, if, if you have multiple sort of social groups to pull from, people will come because they want to support you and because they, they love you as an individual. It's not about whether your comedy is uh, deemed worthy for the money to, to, to go and see them live. It's because they, are, um, they like you and they want you to do well and they want to support you and they come. And somehow, when people buy tickets to support you as a human being as opposed to you, the comedian, somehow it, it just means so much less. <laughs> it shouldn't. It definitely sh- it should mean way more that they're coming to, to support you, the individual. But no, I, I want you, I, I don't want friends, I want fans. I have enough friends, I do not have nearly enough fans, as demonstrated by the financial, Ill, if, if, what's the opposite of viable? Unviability? That sounds doesn't sound like a word uh, that this uh, comedy festival has proven to be. I, I'm, I'm just fucking bleeding money. In my stand-up career this year, it's been. But this is—it's an investment. This is what people keep saying. You got to keep coming back. A, a comedian said something really interesting me to me the other day. He said that um, the Melbourne—if you're going to come to the Melbourne Comedy Festival, you can't just come once. If you're just going to come once, if you're going to come to Melbourne once and never again, just go to Bali, go to Europe, spend ten thousand dollars there because you're just going to lose money here. And I haven't lo- actually. I'm, I'm gonna. It looks like. If the ticket sales of this week reflect the same sales of last week, it, it should be not too financially disastrous. Uh, but don't get me wrong, 
it's it is this is an expensive stressful holiday right now that seems to be the experience i'm mostly having um so on friday night uh we have i have 40 people in the room and i have I have this whole section in the show about comedians who do um, their festival shows about having cancer. They do they they uh, they have a cancer battle and they write a show about it. And it's emotional and it's poignant and it's and it's uh, deep and meaningful. And I say uh, what I wouldn't give uh, for a little tumor to really add some emotional depth to this year's show because all I have is jokes. I would love for there to be some big. Uh, story of triumph but no i have none of that uh, some comedians they get to talk about going through chemo uh, i mean really some comedians just get all the luck that's pretty much the joke and um during that joke a woman in the front row walks out now i don't necessarily uh i i at the time i'm thinking maybe she's just going to the bathroom maybe she's getting a drink you know, she didn't like storm out. She just walked out. I was like, oh, maybe it's not a big deal. And then five minutes later, her partner walked out after her. And I was like, uh, that seems, unless he's going to like, where the fuck is my drink? What is taking so long? Neither of them returned. And um, I later found out I was out for a drink after the show. Feeling quite good. Feeling pretty good about how the show went. I get a text message from my partner saying, uh, that was, I won't say his name, who walked out with his partner uh, they have a loved one who's going through cancer right now, and I, ooh, hmm. I will say I didn't do the whole bit. It does get a bit more egregious afterwards. It gets worse, and uh, it is. It's the weird double. It's not a very f- funny episode this week. Sorry, I'm sorry for that. It's much more introspective. I'm just, I'm, I'm just documenting and reporting at this stage. But that's good too, right? Right. Right? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it is, it's, it's, it's a weird thing about doing this kind of comedy that I do because I really like it. And I know a lot of other people do too. But there are some people who are just like, that is not what they are looking for. And they're out on a work, on a work night out with a bunch of mates. And they're like, we should go to the comedy show. You know what's good about comedy? is it makes you laugh and generally feel good. And the next minute you're like, huh, that's weird. I thought I was coming to a comedy show. Instead, I'm here to be reminded of my uh, loved one's mortality, uh, which is a shame because I was thinking about that most of today as well. And now here I am thinking about it yet again. So, um, hey, if, if you liked the start of that show and you were actually a big fan up to that point and you're listening to the podcast, sorry about that. I am, I'm deeply sorry. I reckon it's a long shot that that's happened, but it's not impossible. So um, come back next year. I'll talk about cancer a little less. Not completely exclude it. That just, uh, why would I leave it out? It's such a rich area to mine. So much laughs to be had in the world of tumors and chemotherapy. So, uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll trigger warning. You can get a drink while I'm uh, reminding you of your loved one who may or may not still be alive by that stage. Is this, is this too much? Is this too much? I, as I'm starting to say it, every, it's interesting doing the same show every single night and especially, again, doing the kind of material that I do because you, do, you, you tell certain jokes and as you're coming up to them, you're like, am I going to do this joke again tonight? Because it keeps getting groans and when you hear the groans, I think to myself, yeah, you're probably right. That is pretty fucked, actually. I don't know if this is... I like to think that most of even my offensive jokes I can defend and I can be like, no, 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 that's okay. I can allow to say that because actually the intended joke is this. And there's other ones where I'm like, nah, I don't know. 
don't know if I can defend it, but I just keep saying it and everything seems to be fine. So I guess I will. I guess I will. Oh, what else do I have to talk to you about? I mean, oh, that's what I was the the thing I was talking about before. I'm so I've I've been getting into social media um, more so for this festival just because I need to be able to. Um, I'm trying to publicize it. I'm trying to get out there. I'm trying to get in front of people a bit more, and um, it's been interesting how quickly I've been addicted to my phone again. I I'm pretty good with my phone for the most part. I'm pretty good at just keeping it out of my hand and not staring at it all the time. Now I am just on that uh, that that social media merry-go-round of like, somebody please give me a notification. Please, somebody throw me an icon that represents some sort of um, approval, please. A thumb, a heart, a laughing emoji. I need something. It's been five seconds till anyone's, since anyone last told me that I did a good job at something. I need, I need anything. I'm going, I'm going through LinkedIn now. I posted a thing on LinkedIn about my comedy and, 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 I, and I was, you better believe, I was so thrilled to add a different social media platform to the rotation. I'm thinking about starting a Pinterest board of my stand-up comedy festival hour and just hoping that I get some, some lovely feedback from some middle-aged women who are uh, trying to mood board their upcoming kitchen renovations. Um, it's, so, it's so frightening how much that stuff means. It is... I can't imagine, at least I, I'm thankful I have the presence of mind of knowing how unhealthy it is. Once this festival runs over, they're all going again. I usually try to keep social media uh, applications off my phone, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, uh, Messenger, all of that stuff. And it's kind of a pain in the ass, but it's worth it because now I can't do anything at once. You, you know that feeling when you're, do, you're in the middle of doing something that is very clearly a thing. Like watching television should be enough, but it just isn't anymore. Because the television isn't about me, but my Instagram feed is almost exclusively. Except, and I had to bring this up. I was looking on my Instagram for things to talk about in this podcast. Did you? Did you? Have you noticed I didn't find anything? Hence, why this has just been basically the audio version of a diary so far. And I saw this thing come up, and it was a picture of a uh, a beautiful woman. It was a very beautiful woman in a bikini at the beach. And I said, you might be thinking, Tom, why would you even bother telling us this? I can check my Instagram any moment and I can flick my thumb once and see minimum one beautiful women in bikini on beach photo. Um, the difference between this photo and any other photo I'd seen on Instagram of the millions of beach photo Instagram uh, photos that I'd seen, you know, the ones where it's meant to be about freedom and peace, but most of the photo is someone's ass. Uh, and it's it's and they're trying to make it seem like it's not about the ass, but what else would it really be about? Um, well, in this case, it was about uh, progress and inspiration and motivation because the woman in the video, whilst having a phenomenal figure, uh, did cut a bit of a stunning stunning silhouette uh, for the fact that she was a quadruple amputee. This came into my for you feed. I'm very concerned about that. This Instagram, that Instagram now feels like that is for me specifically. Now, the, through the all-knowing, all-seeing meta algorithm, has seen my online behaviors and habits and thought, Tom's going to need to see this. We need to get this in front of him ASAP. This woman is beautiful, 
and has no hands or feet. He's going to want to have to ask. And fair enough. Look, Mark Zuckerberg wasn't wrong. I've just spent a minute talking about it on this podcast. And I think it's kind of funny. It's kind of saving the podcast if you if you stayed around this long. I mean, it, there, it does raise some questions. Like this, this woman has like an, a beautiful body, like really stunning and like fantastically applied makeup, which obviously she can't take credit for. I mean, if she can, that is something else. I wrote down in a joke book the other day, you remember that Simpsons episode where Homer invents the makeup gun? And Marge says, you've got it set to whore. Is that what it, is that what it says? That can't be what it is. You've got it set to prostitute? Is that what it is? You've got it set to Simpsons. Welcome to uh, Show Some Respect. Tom Whitcomb is Googling right now. You've got it set on whore. Isn't that great? Isn't that excellent that, like, in the early 2000s, you could have that in, in a family cartoon? So funny. You've got it set on whore. That's great. That's, that might be my next... I, I wonder if I could call my next festival hour that. Tom Whitcomb, you've got it set on whore. That's so funny. There's no way they'd let me. There's a comedian from Perth called Andrew Wolf who's initially called his Adelaide Fringe Show this year. It's a gay guy hour at the retard factory. <laughs> No, sorry, I got the other way around. It's retard hour at the gay guy factory. And uh, when he announced it and he put it out, I was like, there is no fucking way. I can't believe this happened. And then, sure enough, six hours later, new name, new title. That was not to be. Um, yeah, uh, and then I found out. So, I, I follow, of course, I went down the rabbit hole of that image. I was like, where is this coming from? It is a whole page dedicated to attractive amputees. Which, on the one hand, feels wrong, but on the other hand, like there's no nudity or anything like that. It's like this is this is this a problem, or is the real problem that it hasn't existed before? Because it is normalizing these people and their bodies, and it is showing that these women can be very and and you know are in many cases very attractive. But at the same time. To be seeking it out, does that make you an ally or a pervert or both? I mean, the lines are so blurred at this stage. 2023 is so hard to navigate at the best of times. Um, anyway, I, I feel like a few... Look, I'll, I'll go through a last few things. that uh, the, uh, This has become the safety net of this podcast where I feel like I don't have enough stuff to talk about. I just go straight to the Daily Mail, Instagram. Uh, long-term listeners to the podcast will be well aware. Um and it is, uh, it is pretty, it's pretty bleak. Women kidnapped at gunpoint by boyfriend during marriage proposal. That's high risk, high reward, isn't it? Guess what the, <laughs> guess what the, uh, the uh, journalistic source is of this Daily Mail article. TikTok. Yes, that is very good, of course. It, I think I've already said this, but it's so funny to me that there is, there are journalists. There are people on LinkedIn whose job description is journalist. And their job is, hey, can you watch TikTok videos until you find one that you can turn into a 200-word article? One day there will be an AI robot where you just copy and paste TikTok videos in and it turns it into shitty clickbait content. Uh, Peter Panstar with Down Syndrome makes history. Oh, yes, please. 20,000 likes. This is a big, big article for the Daily Mail. Uh, so there's a Peter Pan film coming out on Disney+, Plus, as far as I understand. And there is a Down Syndrome actor who is performing in that film. And the comment section of the Daily Mail website 
is thrilled. <laughs> Fuck. I just Googled Down Syndrome Disney thinking this would give me more clarity on the story. It does not. It's just pictures of Down Syndrome children dressed as Disney stars. And it is adorable, if I'm perfectly honest. Uh yeah. <laughs> Back to the story. There's just all of these people in the comments being like, now that's inclusion, uh, which is great stuff, which is, I wonder, what is the career trajectory of a Down Syndrome actor? We're going to find out, I guess. Down Syndrome, oh yeah, this is about Down Syndrome actor Noah. I wonder what roles he's done. Noah, Noah Matthews Matowski is making history as the first actor with Down Syndrome to land a major role in a Disney feature film. The British Teenage 15 stars a slightly leader of the Lost Boys in the new Peter Pan adaptation for Disney+. Plus. The name Slightly is <laughs> like... It, this sounds like an awful offensive sketch. It's like slightly... Are you implying that he's only slightly... I don't even want to finish this idea. <laughs> Oh, man, I've been thinking a lot about how there is a chance people might have seen my show, really liked it, and decided to start listening to the podcast. And if this is their first taste, I I don't know how I feel about it. But, hey, if that's the case for you, welcome to the podcast. This is pretty much it. Let's not pretend it's anything it's not. Um, Hey, look, uh, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I'm going to call it there. Guys, it's it's been a very long week. I don't know how people do this festival for a whole month. I'm halfway through. I've got a week left. But I'm taking I'm taking next Monday off and I will record oh one of the greatest episodes of this podcast you could ever imagine to hear. I also still need to release uh, the double episode or the, uh, the the guest episode with Alex and Sam Bowden. That's coming out this week. Something to look forward to. But otherwise, have a great week. And I will see you next week for some more. Show some respect. Tom Whitcomb is talking.